Hello, my friends, Nigel here, and welcome to Backable, the podcast where we explore the top performance habits in both business and life. Perseverance is a fundamental and necessary trait for all business owners, particularly when faced with hard times. But how do we know when we've tipped the scale from perseverance to arrogance, when we're trying to force a square peg into a round hole? This week, Tim and Alana share some of their experiences around this topic, both in their business and personal lives. We discuss the decision-making process, creating stop losses, and how to recognize when you're pushing through something that you maybe should just walk around. It's a really interesting conversation. Hope you enjoy. Hello, friends. Nigel, Lana, welcome back to the studio. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Timothy. Let's talk about hard times. I feel that most business owners are not honest about how difficult the journey of running, owning, and growing a business is. And I think it's a very, very stressful thing that we need to champion. We need to publicly discuss it and we need to throw a life buoy to people who are drowning and don't even know which way to swim, up or down. So I want to talk about some of the things that we've experienced over the years when honestly you know something's not right in your business or life for that matter and what the hell do you do about it and where do you start and how do you navigate it and letting people know that it actually gets easier and easier when you start to develop a personal system to work out when I feel like this or I get to a situation like this. This is my successful process. So we should talk about that a little bit, Lana, because I think it's important, especially in times like these when I think the pressure and the weight of responsibility on all of our lovely audience is immense. It's also an interesting topic because I think a lot of people out there, if they knew the truth about business, wouldn't actually go into it in the first place because, as you said, no one talks about the hard stuff. And so it can be really easy from a non-business owner point of view to sit there and say, well, I could do that or that person could be doing a better job, which you know what, probably they could be. But it's an interesting discussion from those who have never sat in the chair of someone who owns the business to actually understand that it's not just one decision or just one discussion. It's everything else around owning a business that the general audience never sees. I like this topic because There's so much that goes into making a decision that if you've never had to do it, if you've never had to run a business, you can never truly understand what it is and why the stress is so heavy and why you can have such a dense feel as a business owner. Yeah, it is dense and it's hard and it's confusing and it's soul destroying at times. But these are the things that we have to navigate. This is the game we're all in, which is we're solving problems that haven't been solved before because you solve a problem that hasn't been solved you get money for that. It's also ridiculously fun, just as the caveat. Yeah, as soon as you realise that that's pretty much life in general, you're, you're good with it. So you have, to, you have to reconcile that at some stage. But there are times when you're learning this process that you actually have to come to peace with the difficulty, getting to a point where you admit to yourself, I have no idea what to do next in my life. Oh, sorry, business. Because <laughs> same thing, right? So people have the same feeling in life and business. We're not special because we own a business. At least people, I think, who go through these type of feelings when they're working for someone 
you can hide and still be remunerated so you get to live. If you stop as a business owner, all your income stops. So you've got nothing. So there's to me that added value of excitement of running a business. <laughs> Let it roll. <laughs> Let's jump into it. Let's start with the most basic feeling that haunts business owners, particularly in the early stages. But I think it changes form when you start to get a more established business. So the first one is you're not making enough money. And for those of you who have tuned in that might not run businesses, think about it in your own life. Where on earth do you start to solve that problem? Oh, you want the answers? <laughs> <don't you? laughs> this is why it's called Backable with Tim Crutiris. <laughs> right, let me solve the easy one, how to make a lot of money. Money is a very emotional subject for a lot of people. It certainly was for me in the early stages. It's something that it's a value of what you're doing. Now, it doesn't mean that if you don't have money, you're not valued. But when you don't have enough of it, it can be a hell of a lot of stress. And we've gone through times, Lana, where we've doubled down too quickly. Well, that's a lie. We've doubled down because why wouldn't you? But cash flow becomes a problem. So working out, I don't have the payroll for tomorrow. That was nerve-wracking. How do you scrape together the payroll? How do you go through those times where people haven't paid you so you're short so you don't get paid? We've spoken about in a lot of our stories, which is, there are times where we just weren't earning money. Yeah, and it wasn't due to poor management or not knowing cash flows. It was, as you say, people hadn't paid large invoices. We had to keep running, especially at the smaller scale when we first started. You have to make these decisions. And I love the fact that we've been through this personally because it makes us better and that we can see that five step ahead of we will never be in that situation again because the pain that it caused to solve it means that the bounce back is quicker. So yeah. we've got enough cash flow to sustain the businesses for a certain amount of time, all the sort of, I'd say, 101 of business, but you never truly experience why that's the case until you haven't done it. Yeah, and there's a romantic notion of the entrepreneur risking it all, right? Because there's a lot of stories where you hear about how they risked it all for their one product or their business and they did whatever and it's this romantic story of, and then they broke through and they changed their lives and they changed the game. You read about them in magazines and they're the social media stars and then you go, but you didn't see the other 99 that went into receivership and never recovered. There's this romantic idea of risking it all to be a business owner. And there are, there are those people who are prepared to risk everything when they're self-funding a business. Some of them hit, some of them miss. What we need to talk about is what does the average top performing business do? And the first thing is they understand money. We need to talk about understanding not only how money works, but also your relationship with money. Because if you've got a poor relationship with money in your personal life, your business is going to be in trouble and you need someone to manage your money in your business because you don't happen to be bad at one. I think this is probably the first rule for us, Lana, is stringent money management rules in our personal life and our business life. It's not romantic to bet everything. That's just gambling. And it doesn't mean sometimes you don't have the choice and you have to take a bet on yourself, but you shouldn't be gearing up to take the risk to either hit big or wipe out everything. We've had so much education around people borrowing money and being invested in that they don't actually run sustainable business models. And people think that that's the way to run all businesses. 
But for us, we're trying to build a business that's a sustainable business, as in it's a model that can work, not it has to get this sort of volume or it's worth nothing. And a lot of the tech great stories that we've heard have been because people have highly leveraged debt businesses and then they float them and they make millions of dollars. But you don't see all the ones that never got anywhere, all the wasted VC money, all the five out of 10 VCs that lost everything in an investment. They broke even on a couple and then they did really well on three. The five people who lost everything in those businesses, as in you know the type of ratio, that wasn't good for them. We have to work out how do we manage money? That's one of the things that you have to look at if you're finding yourself not making enough money and have no idea why. That's key because if you have someone else managing your money, if you're not good at finance, so you have someone else managing it, it is still wholly and totally your responsibility to understand the numbers. If you've got an accountant or a bookkeeper doing the books, perfect. You need to be getting the weekly reports. You need to be understanding the profit, the loss, where the expenses are going, what's happening, because it's not an excuse, again, that we learned the hard way that, oh, that's what the accountant's for. They shouldn't be making the final decision. Yeah, so straight away, that's what the accountant for means. I'm not taking responsibility for something that I don't know well enough yet. I know my numbers better than my accountant. You have to. You absolutely have to because they will tell you, here is my advice or here is my opinion, but they're not the one at the end of the day making the final decision or they absolutely shouldn't be for your business because that's on you. That's, that's the, um, I guess, the feeling alone part. No one else can tell you what the decision is. Absolutely. So there's that total responsibility. I'm going to take total responsibility for the things that are important and that drive me. So if we go back to the situation where you go, I would like to earn more money, not even if you feel like I don't have enough, but if you want to earn more money, the first thing you have to look at is what are the things or the variables that change in my life and business that are going to earn me more money? Pretty simple. So I don't have enough money. How do you earn money? Well, I do this. I take a wage from my business. Awesome. How do you take more wage from your business? Well, we don't have any more money in our business. Okay, great. How do you make more money in your business? Well, I'd need to grow my business, but I don't know how to grow my business. Great. That's the right question. So you keep working back down to work out you don't have a money problem. It's a symptom of something that's not working in your life because you want to produce a certain amount of money. I want to make a million bucks a year. Personally, great. What are the mechanisms that are going to bring you that money? And quite often it is that stubbornness of the symptom that you talk about is, well, this is how it's got to be. I have to make money by, I don't know, selling hats. Well, do you? Or is there something within the business that could make you more money? Or if you're going to grow, it could grow it faster. And it's almost, I need to make more money doing what I'm doing. Well, this is a dangerous <laughs> road to walk down, isn't it? The old entrepreneur, I want to make more money, but I only want to do it the way I like to make money. I'm right. You're wrong. How I see the world is how the world is. That's how I make my money. As opposed to, from personal experience, what I've built up over the last nine years is a really great foundation, but actually it's going to account for 20% of my business in the next six months. Yeah. Devastatingly amazing. <laughs> that's exactly right. People get so addicted to their hard work that that's got to be the way that they make their money. They've missed the actual opportunity. Yeah. And the actual opportunity is looking at, from my experience and position now, what is the way I want to make money? By the way, it's not all about making money, but- this seems to be a topic that a lot of people enjoy talking about. When they talk about hard times, I'd say seven out of 10 times, it comes back to money, but it's not actually about money. Money just happens to be the outcome of what the symptom is. 
Yeah, and I think also we tell a lot of our smaller companies that come and work with us for the first time or join one of our sessions or part of the backable group, it's what is your wage? Even if you don't want to grow a big business, what would be the wage you want to earn that accounts for the risk you're taking being self-employed? And if that's comparable to what you can earn in an open market, why are you doing that? That's ego, right? Just get a job. It's safer. But I want the freedom. There's no more freedom in running a business. <laughs> there There's, is. Everyone it's listening, <laughs> there is no more freedom in running a business for yourself at the start and possibly at the end if we're being honest here. But that's just a public service announcement from me to you. Yeah. What's the old saying? It's like having a couple of kids because you want some free time. I don't think that's a saying. <laughs> it is a saying. I'm sure it is because it's the ridiculousness of how you think through that. You have something that's absolutely going to take all your time, but think because. Uh, I think it's having the second kid to keep the first kid. No. no? <laughs> Maybe it's a new saying that I've just invented, but you can both shut up. Now, but this is the point, I guess. You have to equate what you want to earn and how you're going to get it. And if you have to look at your life around, oh, I'm running a business for what reason? So a lot of people confuse themselves because they're running a business because they want freedom. So they might have had a bad boss or worked for someone they didn't like or had a job they didn't really like. So I'm going to do it myself. And they earn less than they were at that job, for instance. You see it a lot in corporates trying to become business owners. And they do it because, well, it's worth the freedom. I go, yeah, but all the free time you've got, you spend stressing about not having enough money. It's not really peaceful freedom. It's an illusion of freedom because you're not earning enough. So the first thing we have to look at is, what am I trying to achieve? particularly for business owners that aren't money-driven, which some of them seem to have the delusion that they're not because everyone's got to get to a certain point. But you have to equate that to what's my time worth right now. So what is the earning that you want to make and by when? If you've got ideas of growing a big organization, that's great. What's stage one look like for you? I have to be earning this and this is what my business needs to be doing. And then you won't fall into the problem of not paying yourself. And this is a Big one for business owners, not paying themselves properly, which we've done. <laughs> <laughs> On countless occasions. countless occasions. Yeah. So we'd call it self-investing. We won't take a wage, we'll keep investing. Where Sometimes you actually have to. Yeah, but I think if we come back to this idea of the difficulty of business or hard times in business, it's only hard to do something like that if you don't know where you're going. You know, Tim and I didn't pay ourselves for however many months because we had a plan. It's very different to if you're just not paying yourself because you can't afford it. And it does come back to knowing what you want. If there's a bigger goal there, of course you can make sacrifices, but you can't not pay yourself just because you don't have cash. That's a very different problem to deal with. And that's where this idea of it being too hard comes from, is constantly not having enough cash. Well, that's a bigger problem. That's the symptom, not the cause. That's why we always suggest removing your ownership of the company from your role. So you've got to assume that your role is an employee. It just happens to be you and that person needs to be paid every week. And that's it. It's a fixed cost of the business. You don't get to change it. You don't get to adjust it. The problem with most entrepreneurs or immature entrepreneurs from an experience point of view is they make more money one month so they pay themselves a bonus and then they don't have enough next month and then they've got to put more money in and there's this constant cycle. And yes, you can do that and people can navigate their whole lives. It's just stressful because you're actually not in control of money. doesn't mean you can't pay yourself a bonus. Have a really good quarter, great, readjust your revenue, pay yourself a bonus, do what you need to do. But You have to fuel your business with money to invest in it to make sure you get to the next level, if that's your ambition. That's why for many, many years, we've had to use what would be, I guess, a really good wage if we just took all the money out and spent it 
but 90% of it goes back into the businesses because that's not our ambition. Our ambition is not to have a good couple of years. It's to build a good organization. Now, the problem with that is it's risky because you'd be better off buying some investments on the way and you could have a good life. But you have to be clear on what your ambition is. And the opportunity cost of that is maybe we could have bought two, three, four more houses, Lana, in that time. You'd be so bored. Yeah, well, it's not our ambition, is it? Because we know what the money needs to be spent on. You have to try experiments. You have to do things that are risky. You have to spend money on areas that you don't see an immediate impact. These are the things that have to happen. So for a smaller person or smaller business that's there going, I'm not making enough money, let's just look at what drives your money, do more of that. And if the answer is, I need to make more sales because I've actually got no money, make more sales. And if your answer is, but I've got to service my clients. So if you're too busy servicing clients and you're still not making enough money, you've got a problem with your business model. Deal with it. You have to look at what's working, what's not working and fix it. That's a big thing. If your business model is not working, it's not a bad thing if you're in the right frame of mind. If you're in the frame of mind of everyone's out to get me and the world's against me and it should just work, well, okay, respectfully grow up a little bit. Because if your business model is not working, you've actually done the first step, which is how do I figure out what doesn't work so I can figure out what does work? Because that's where you start to make the money. In your business, what makes you the most amount of revenue? What makes you the most amount of profit? What do the customers like the most? And then that's what you focus on. And you might only focus on it for three or six months, but it will give you that propulsion or that energy to keep moving forward. That is what business growth is. Yeah, you're meant to break your models. It's meant to be You're hard. meant to outgrow them. You're meant to evolve them. Yeah. A lot of people want to build a job when they start a business, so they don't want to work for someone. What they want to do is have the same job they had, just no one telling them what to do. They want to make the decisions, yeah. but then they don't want to make the decision. Yeah. That's not your job anymore. No. You're now the owner. So your job's to be the owner of the business, which is all the responsibilities of running a business, including making it work and making it profitable. I don't want to dwell too much on this because I know it's a big topic for most people and the reality is if you're sitting there and you don't have enough money in your life right now or you've got ambition for more, it's a pretty simple question. What should you be doing right now to earn more money? And if you're working for someone and you've got the same thing is how do you become more valuable to that company so they'll pay you more? It's really simple and people don't like that because it's emotionally difficult to deal with. It's your responsibility. You are right now earning a direct proportion of what value you're adding somewhere. On top of that, though, it's also about understanding money in the market. Over the weekend, I had one of my friends contact me and say, I just got a bonus, but I want to become smarter. Can you connect me with your other friend who specializes in trading shares so I can understand how to make that bonus work for me? And that is as an employer of a company saying, I know I would like to make more money. I know at this stage of where I am, I'm capped for what the wage is. But I also know that that doesn't mean that that's the end of me making more money. It's the start of me being smarter about how I make my money work in ways that I don't understand. Absolutely. This works for the owner and employees. So if you're working for someone and you have a set wage, your whole focus should be on how do I maximize my wage to free up cash for things that are going to grow my cash. And if you haven't thought about that, then you're ignoring your responsibility for wealth creation. It doesn't matter what you're on. There's a plan for every wage type. Absolutely. And she could have taken that bonus and gone off and, you know, purchased the nice to haves or she could have put it towards rent, which is probably not a nice to have a necessity. But she had made a plan about two years ago and it's now coming to fruition because she put in the energy and the effort of, I know I will always be salaried, but that doesn't mean I always have to be capped. 
And that's the sort of person you want working with you. And this person particularly has worked with us in the past. So she even said it comes from the education that she got around us. You're in the life that you're in, but it doesn't mean that you can't have some level of control around it. Yeah. Nigel and I interviewed Brian the other day. He runs a simple man guide and he was talking about the transition he's had because he was an investment banker in New York and he could see as his wage exponentially grew over the years how all his friends and colleagues would upgrade their lives every time there was more money. And we've seen it ourselves, but Lana, we've seen it with our friends, family, fellow business owners and you know, networks. We can see people as they start getting good. Oh, wow, that's a 10 grand watch you're wearing. That's very nice. I would have thought that there'd be some other things before you try and do that. Oh, no, I just needed to buy myself a gift. I've got no problem with buying dumb stuff. It was a beautiful watch, may I just it's say. Beautiful. <laughs> but you've got to work out in your priority list. It's like a hungry kid at a buffet. You let them loose, they're going to eat everything. And when you get a little bit of money, you're going to start spending it. But Brian was telling us what he decided to do for the decade he was there is not change his first apartment or his living style. So everything that he grew in that time just became more and he invested that. Now he just travels the world basically um, exercising, writing in his journal and running this really great social media presence to help others work that lifestyle out. But he was highly disciplined in this area. Most people don't do that. And the caveat to that and just in that buying yourself knife gift, he went, well, I'm going to maintain my lifestyle. But he liked suits and he liked watches. So once a year, he'd buy one new custom suit and a new watch. That was it. So he still managed to hit both of those masters. And there's nothing wrong with buying watches, by the way. It's understanding your plan, where you are and your plan and the long-term goal because most people think longer term and then behave in the short term. So they never really get that compounding effect. But it's the same in business. What do I need to put in now where I'm not making as much money for the sake of when the business model kicks in and we're doing the right things, you get that compounding effect and you can make a lot of money quickly or you create a lot of value for your company quickly. So I think that's a big one. When we don't have enough money personally or in our business, what are we doing? We did touch on the pay yourself first. You have to pay yourself and you have to set your targets of buy when. I knew a, um, a lady who ran a business and it was a really good business in the multiple millions and she never left her job because she was earning a good wage. So she decided to use all the money she didn't need to sustain her lifestyle. So she downgraded her lifestyle and goes, this is what I need to live. I'm going to use all the gap to build a business by hiring people. So she hired people to run and build a business that she didn't work at, made millions. There's always a way to do things. You can be entrepreneurial with the way you run your life. That's the beauty of it. And probably just before we wrap that up and you jump on, the moral of the story is if it's really hard or if you're feeling alone or something is not right, have a look at what can change and you have to be open to the fact that it's not what you thought it was going to be. It just can't be because you've learned so many lessons along the way that things have to change. That's how things grow. Yeah, we've spoken about it a lot with a book, Good to Great. It's what are you burning down? So what do you have to burn down in your business because it doesn't work? And quite often it's your idea of how it should have been. That's exactly what it is, which is, but we've been doing this for so many years. Great. It doesn't work. Time for a change. Well done. You've had many years to get it right. We have rules in our businesses. It might be the right idea, but we weren't good enough to execute it in the time frame that was acceptable. So it's now a bad idea because it's a drain on resources and focus. There's no checkbooks that get written for take as long as you need to get this right. If you can't show progress and hitting the minimum achievement in that area, you're now a problem. You go on my review list. You don't get to keep running something because it's a good idea. It is a good idea. It's just not a good idea with you running it. 
or right now. Absolutely. It's an important thing to, um, an important discipline to put into your business, which is everything works. It's just whether you're good enough to pull it off or your team's good enough to pull it off or you're adequately resourced to pull it off. It's very hard to think about my time would be better spent working for someone else because I haven't been able to make my business work for so long. That's when you have to seek out some help. Now let's look at something else that popped up this week, which was a um, comment on one of our social media channels about being discouraged when things don't work out. We're talking about perseverance. This is not fake it till you make it. This isn't hustle till you drop dead. This isn't I'm proud of myself because I've decided to live in my car for 10 years until I grow my business. This is about the journey of running a business and understanding that nobody is on a linear, easy path with no bumps in the road, no blows to the head, and no, was it Elon Musk was talking about staring into the abyss while chewing glass. (laughs) (laughs) Every single business goes through those times where they're moments away from potential catastrophe. It's the nature of doing things we haven't done before because as entrepreneurial people, we push the limits. For you, Lana, what's been the most interesting thing around your business journey? Because you started in a corporate world. That was, it was a loose corporate environment, <laughs> but a corporate world. Um, wow, very, very loose. Yeah. <laughs> Being in the, in the music industry. What has been the most interesting part switching from that? Because that was difficult in its own right, just in terms of growing a career. It's still got its own ups and downs. But running a business, what are the things that you've noticed about this whole idea of perseverance? It's a big question. What have I noticed about perseverance? Maybe look at it this way. For someone starting now, or it's not even starting now, because you may be at the next stage of your business. This is more around at stages moving forward, not starting from scratch. You may be in business for 10, 20 years and you have to make a decision. I'll talk about a friend of mine who ran a development company. We were talking one day and I asked him, why are you so successful right now? And he says, I got to middle age and I was doing well and I hated it. I was doing okay, but I wasn't challenging myself to really try and grow a big business. And I said, but you were successful. He goes, I was successful by any other interpretation. I was making money. I was living in a really nice house. I didn't have to worry about money. I was building things. I had a good lifestyle. But he goes, I wasn't challenged to build something I really wanted to and I knew that was missing. So I took a chance with everything I'd built up for the first 45, 50 years of my life to see if I could do that. And he became a really big developer, made a fortune, But it was so interesting hearing that his interpretation of this whole perseverance was even when he was successful, he wasn't at the start of his journey and he was going through the same thought process of, but it's just not right. It's 90%, but I'm still feeling unfulfilled. Yeah. So I think on that, from my point of view, perseverance definitely has to be, if you want to be able to do it, the reason has to come from internally. If your perseverance is to make more money, you're not going to do it. When things get hard, you're going to stop because that's an external force. And it doesn't make that many people happy. No, and it's actually not that hard to get once you figure it out. The other thing is, and this is a quote that I think I maybe saw it in year seven, and it's always just sort of stuck around and it's very different versions of it. 
but the famous version of it was Thomas Edison and it was many of life's failures of people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And I don't know why that sits in my head that whenever I do have a bad day of not wanting to persevere pretty much, or could I just chuck it all in and could I get a job and all those sorts of thoughts that any normal person has, it's the idea of, yeah, but what if tomorrow it's all okay? And inevitably tomorrow it is all okay because that's just what happens. Things get easier and better. But it's this idea that because I am driven by something that is internal, the want to be successful internally, you actually can't give up. You don't have a choice but to keep going. And I know that sounds quite simplistic. No, it's not simplistic. I think you might have just stuck your pick into the nugget of gold that we need to talk about. I think that's the whole entrepreneur business builder's mindset that I think others don't understand. It's an obsession because you want to see if you can make it work. It's like almost actually, a game yeah, for yourself. It is a game. Like I could never work for someone and it's not because working for someone's, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's the figuring out of a problem that gives the joy in life, which is how do we build this? How do we do this? And some people find that being part of a team. For us, we like to build it ourselves. You have to be driven by wanting to build or find the solution to something. You actually be obsessive with it. And last week we were talking about partnerships and what happens if two partners are together and they suddenly want different things. This is exactly what we're talking about. If one partner in the business says, I just want a house, and one partner in the business says, I need to succeed and figure out this problem, that's the breakdown we were talking about. You and I are very lucky that we just have to prove to ourselves as individuals that this is what our success is. And unfortunately for us, whenever we get success, we then move the goalpost and- Yeah, financial success means, all right, double down again. Yeah, double keep down doing again. it. Yep. You know, got it to acquisition, do it again, had a great idea, implemented, have another one. But if someone says you're really successful, I actually disagree with that because I was successful at something that I tried, but now I'm onto something new. Yeah, it's successful by other people's measurements is not successful. Yeah. It's not a financial number. It's how you feel. As I said, my friend who was really ultra successful before he felt he wasn't fulfilled because it wasn't financial. He wanted to see if he could build something to scale. That was his challenge in life. Like, I think I could do this and it's a bigger risk and I'm going to risk everything that I basically had because it's going to take a decade to do this properly. And it ended up taking 20 years, not 20 years till he got success. He got success pretty quickly once he started, but it was a 20-year journey in that business. You have to love what you do. And I used to feel a little guilty because I'd be wondering, am I just a boring human? And I used to think about this a lot. If all I ever think about is our business, that's it. If I'm not talking to you about something, every single thought is around the business, growing the business, the people in the business, what can we do next? Where are the new opportunities? Every single day since I was at school and this business wasn't conceived, it was just always obsessive around thinking about this. And you start to think, well, am I just a boring person? Surely I should be thinking about other things. Surely I should be trying to find, in inverted commas, balance in my life. But it's not. It's just obsessively on the one thing. And I just don't fight it anymore. Maybe it is a problem, but I guess the problem with that is you keep reading about people and going, oh, that's how that person used to think too. It's not a bad thing. It's just maybe not for someone else. But for me, it's not an unhappiness. It's you're obsessed on something in your life. And again, it comes back to, but the fact is it's your decision. And things only get hard, in my opinion, when they're not your decision. If you're put into a situation that you deem not to be your decision, 
then everything is too hard to get out of. But if you can start to take responsibility for how you got into that position or how you made that decision, then what you're talking about of perseverance is easy. Tim, yes, you think about business every waking second because you made a decision that this was your life. I don't even think it was a decision. Just what you enjoy. Yeah. And you get to do it every day or every second. Yeah. And if you turned around and said, well, but this is really hard and I could have a stable life, then I'd say, well, make the decision then to quit being entrepreneurial and go and get a job. And then you would say, I can never work for anyone. And we would go around in a big circle of you get to persevere every day because you know it was in some form a decision that you made that you could change. And this is what, for me, perseverance is about. You can make a decision at any time to change it. You might not like it, it's never an easy decision. If I said tomorrow I was going to go and get a job, that's not an easy decision. But if it's the right one for me that allows me to persevere in what I want to do, then it's the right decision. Yeah, and it's that clarity, isn't it, around what do you want to achieve in your life? What is that clarity? What do you want to stand for? I think where I struggle around people is I like goal-driven people because I'm interested in people that are trying to build something because maybe we just see the world the same way. I would like to see if I could turn this idea into reality where I find it difficult with people or I don't connect on the same level is I, you know, I'm just living my life. And not that I don't respect it. On some level, I'm very jealous of it, which is just I'm enjoying every day doing what I do and I just take every day as it comes. I'm very jealous of that, but it's not the people I really like hanging around with. I like to be around people who are driven because they don't talk about perseverance. They're going to do it, understanding that this road's going to be really difficult but they know that road and still do it anyway. It's like a lot of people say, oh, if you knew how hard it would be, you would never do it again. I go, what are you talking about? Lies. It's my 10th business. <laughs> know exactly how it's going to be. I just keep assuming that it'll be easier. It's not. It gets harder. And it's also that idea of the, um, the muscle. You know, the more you persevere, the more you can persevere. It's the book Grit. The kids who get knocked down and have to learn when they're younger have more grit when they're older because they've learned how to learn and how to fall down and get back up. And it's, it's always this idea of the person won't leave a job because he or she gets paid too much money. Lies. They won't leave a job because they've never had to use that muscle to figure out what comes next. And your developer friend is a perfect example of someone who would have had the golden handcuffs, would have been paid so much money, but said, in my life, this is not what I'm going to persevere at. Mm, just in case he's listening, I'll just to correct him. He built a business by himself from the ground up and then decided to risk it all <laughs> because he wanted to see if he could do it on a national scale. So he started a business and yeah. then- Built it to a point where he was so comfortable, so rich, awesome. and then decided, but I'm not happy, not because of the financial, because I don't believe I've pushed myself to a point where the type of business I know I'm capable of. So his perseverance though is around that. Yeah, it was, I am comfortable in everyone else's standard and I've got a good life and I don't feel it because I'm not that's, fulfilled. That is annoyingly amazing. That's I, all respect. I look at him, I'm like, it's incredible to risk that because it was a big financial risk. When you scale up suddenly, you're doubling down. So you can potentially go backwards a few years in terms of financials. But he obviously didn't because he knew it. He got the fulfillment from knowing that he was playing at the level in which he knew he was capable of. Others would have been happy with the life that he built and could have spent the next 50 years just enjoying it successfully by anyone's standards. I admire those people because it's not about the money. And that's probably an interesting one because this is all perseverance on what you should persevere. 
as opposed to perseverance, what we were talking about before on- That don't work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't look how I wanted it to look, so change it. Perseverance when you should probably not persevere. We should talk about that because that's the difference in it. We were talking about it the other day, which is how do you know that you shouldn't be persevering in something that's not working? Because there's that balance between having to put enough volume through an idea or an effort, but then knowing that we're actually not going to pull this off. The difference between perseverance and pig-headedness. Yeah, but what are the triggers for that? Because the issue is that with most perseverance, it's the breakthrough that comes that then changes the next part of the journey. But some people never break that cycle and they try and persevere, but it's actually an illusion, if not a delusion, around you shouldn't be doing more of this. And this is that importance of how would you know if what you're trying to persevere in isn't ever going to work? That's a real problem. And that's the problem with a lot of burnt out business owners. They're trying to persevere in something that's a stupid idea. It won't work because they've told everyone that they're doing this and so they have no choice because they would be too embarrassed to stop doing something and they spend their whole lives trying to get something to work that should have been pivoted 10 times already. That's a dangerous thing. What is the stop loss on perseverance? And this is my worry around that whole hustle movement is people constantly doing a lot of work but never evaluating, never sharpening the saw, never looking at it and going, I'm going to do this much of it I'm going to evaluate it and then I'm going to change it. See, perseverance is only sexy if you're making the adjustments on the way. If you're doing the same thing over and over again and nothing's changing, you're hiding from change. This is the thing I see so many sad stories because people have spent their whole life just needing a few more clients. Yeah, and I can give you my take on this. I'm so okay with myself and who I am and what I do that I have no issue with embarrassment. If I've said that I'm going to do something and I've made the decision, then I'm not going to do it. That would never hold me back only because I've seen what happens and have experienced what happens when I don't do that. And the embarrassment of changing my mind, if that's what you call it, or deciding it's not the right route is far easier than the personal toll of doing something that you know is fundamentally incorrect. But how do you, how do you know what it is? And this is the whole issue. Yeah. You have to find the line for you between enough energy and effort in an area to when you need to adjust it. And there's a thing, you know, when we ran your business early on, Lana, and we actually opened the same business under a different name with a different business model, you could have spent years doing the same thing. But we worked out that the model that we could put in together was going to be a lot faster. And that's what I mean is it's the experience of if someone is embarrassed or someone feels that I have, I'm less of a person if that's what it is because I changed, because I said no to this and yes to that well, then that's not my sort of a person. And that's only because I've been there many, many times and can say this from the other side with probably ego is the word. But for me as a person, it's not worth it. And I could only say that because I experienced what happened when I didn't do it. Yeah. There's no prizes for being the most stressed out business owner. You know, it's not sexy. You shouldn't be proud of that. It's not an identity. People mistake the hardest worker in the room for the most exhausted. The most exhausted means that you're mismanaging your time and you don't know where to put your energy for most impact as opposed to the hardest worker, which is I double down on things that I know are going to progress. So if you're the hardest worker and there are no results, you're the biggest problem. Simple as that. You don't get a prize for doing the most exhausting work. We have to not just push into owners. You have to look at your staff. Who are the people 
that work the hardest, but there's no tangible result. They're a problem. So perseverance, I think this is one of those things that you need to evaluate what it is. Don't just be a sheep. Don't just keep persevering (laughs) because you're going to get it done. Adjust. Do enough. Evaluate. If we're talking particularly about SMEs, I've never been corporate, uh, so I don't have that comparison to make. I've seen a lot of people, and I've been this person myself, where you just double down on the thing you know how to do because you don't know how to ask the question about how do I do something else. And it's that feeling of going from if you're persevering, you're taking punches. If you take enough punches, after a while you become a punching bag. If you become a punching bag, you're just reacting you're not actually taking any forward movement yourself. And for me, that's where that decision point comes into it. But a lot of people don't, as you said before, sharpen the saw, sharpen the ax. Unless you take that minute to step up and go, wait a second, what am I doing? You have no choice but to do the one thing that you know how to do over and over again. That's where I disagree. I have to call that out. I disagree with that totally. I think that's that's for a person in this day and age, you have to ask yourself, what am I trying to build? So right now, if you don't know what to do next, the question becomes, so what's your goal? What do you want to do? I want to do this. Great. Go and have a look at exactly what that person would do. I think that's the sharpening the the axe. Yes, that's exactly what I meant by sharpening Ah. the axe. (laughs) But I guess the bit I want to call on is to ask the question. There is no one who can solve your problem ever. And this is the whole idea is, how do you self-manage in this day and age? I know a lot of companies now that have thrown out training and go, if you don't know how to use Google, then we're going to see who are the people that can grow themselves because they're the type. I don't necessarily agree with that, by the way, but it's an interesting thought process, which is never allow the answer to be external to yourself. A lot of these business owners are the same thing. They are looking for the next answer as opposed to what is my next goal? What are the things that I don't have that I know are part of this goal? Where do I upskill myself? Yeah, I guess in clarity of that, I agree completely. No one else has the answer, but by actually asking the question and verbalizing it yourself, not necessarily to anyone. I agree. Agreed. That opens so. up the ability to go, hey, maybe there is a different way. So Tim and I went on a walk yesterday and completely unwork related and then something work related came up and Tim made a comment about what he was thinking, his way of thinking over this particular element. Lana, I believe I was just sharing wisdom <laughs> on our journey. It was so annoying. Not on mic. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> because he honestly just shared what he was thinking and then we got our coffees, we came back home. We were watching some terrible TV show and I turned to him and this would have been about two and a half hours later. And I just said, it really annoys me because you're right. And his way of thinking was a way of thinking that I hadn't thought of, super meta. But it's those little things and what you're talking about here is you surround yourself with the people who even when you don't ask the question, the answer should start to become aware if you spend that time sharpening the ax. If you put your head up for a moment and say, why am I actually doing this? Is my thought process correct? It's the people who never ask the question, who just doggedly believe that what I'm doing is correct, what I believe is correct. Well, hang on. The old saying, have an idea, not a belief, because an idea can be changed, whereas in a belief you fight to the death for. In business, if you have an idea, you're so much more open to not being right and not taking it personally when you're fundamentally wrong. Well, this is about being so stubborn that it's at your cost, isn't it? I heard it many years ago when I was 
finishing my university degree and we were at some business plan competition and the person was presenting something about how to enter and all the things like that. He was an investor from some place anyway. I was young at the time and he said, I'd rather a B-level idea and an A team than an A idea and a B-level team. I'm like, surely a better idea is a better idea and he goes, nah. He said, what we need is a team that can adjust that can move, that can use their initial idea, test it, move forward quickly, execute fast in a systematic way. And then when they see things don't work, they can adjust accordingly. The problem with an A idea and a B team is the idea is great. You start to get some traction, things change, and the team can't adjust fast enough because they're so caught up on the great idea that it's actually not the market fit we need. Or there's a bigger opportunity that's been uncovered, but they don't have the ability. And whilst at the time I thought that was silly, I don't think there's ever been more true words. You can't be stubborn with your initial goal when you start your business or where you want to get. You have to be agile, which is, you know, (laughs) in this day and age, that word's been overly used. But we're talking about now is your ability to adjust according to the bigger opportunity, not running at shiny things, but to be able to see, hey, this is what's happening. We need to adjust accordingly. I think this is an important one because a lot of us are pig-headed We want to achieve this and we put on the blinkers, which we need to do for a certain amount of time, but we don't adjust accordingly because we're too stubborn. How do we make that distinction between when to adjust? (laughs) Wow. How do you make a decision when your idea is no longer the correct way to go? Yeah. Well, I mean, for us, it's easy. We work in quarterly goals. Yeah. So we set a plan. You have a quarter to achieve things. If it works, you keep doing more because it's what you want. And if it doesn't, you adjust on why it didn't work or whether we're missing something. Most companies don't even have quarterly plans. Great. It's another month. Let's keep going. Yay, team. Doesn't work. And this is the difference in you know, why we get excited because when you start to put performance behaviors into most companies, they are so inefficient that it just transforms them because they're actually focused on a goal and they're focused on executing against the goal. And when things don't work, they can adjust quickly enough to still be successful. You can't run an organization that's not performance-driven, regardless of how big it is. You're just leaking opportunity and resources every single day. And for me, that's a I can't sleep when I know that's happening. I hate it. Just a question on setting the goal. If we sort of broaden it out into personal life and whatnot, we've been talking about being attached to the outcomes or the form you want to take it. In setting that goal and knowing when you should adjust, would it be right to say that maybe setting a goal about the outcomes but not the mechanism? So instead of saying, I want a business that does this, this and this, saying, I want a lifestyle that has these elements to it, And the business is my tool or mechanism to get there. Does that free up the decision making? I mean, Jeff Bezos says it best and we probably should listen to a lot of things Jeff says, but he's um, stubborn on the vision, flexible on the details. His whole thing is know where you want to head, but the pathway is not necessarily what we decide. We have to change those details according to the market, the information we get, the growth that we've had. We have to adjust being highly consumer centric, obviously in Amazon. But a lot of companies don't do that. They're stubborn on the vision and stubborn on the way to get there. So they're just basically slow. And it is slow because as soon as you become too stubborn where you won't innovate, change, do things differently. I mean, we've dealt with a lot of clients that have come in and they love what they've been doing and they've literally run the same business for a decade. 
we ask, so what you're telling me is in 10 years, not one thing has changed. No, we've just done more of it and you've got a problem now. Yeah, great. Do you think there's an innovation issue? Do you think this whole idea of maybe looking to introduce a different product, different service, changing the way we do things, you can't do that. Not many businesses get the product right and then don't change it. Just remember, Netflix started delivering DVDs DVDs in the mail, right? I've still got some of them. You should return them. (laughs) I think they're okay. Okay, Um, The the thing I'd add to that is the idea in both business and in personal is be careful what you wish for. Tim and I, again, perfect example, Tim always wanted a partner that he could work with in business. He even told me from the very start, I'm not interested in someone who's got a job. I want someone <laughs> who will work in business so with you. So <laughs> you. I'm not a time waster, Nigel. <laughs> like, this is how it's going to be in my life and I really hope you fit. And so for anyone who may or may not have had to be working with their partner or flatmate or family member in lockdown, try doing this for the last 10 years of your life. Are you suggesting that our life has felt like a lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> I will leave that one there while I continue my point. Um, Tim got what he wanted. Tim got a partner in business and a partner in life. Tim also had to go and do communication courses or counselling, whatever he'll call it, with his partner so that we could communicate and keep the relationship going. We have had absolute rages of disagreements and we've had to learn. You're wrong a few times. (laughs) That's true. It's like that communication didn't work quite according to plan. Didn't go as we wanted. But if you say that you want something, you have to be willing to change or adapt. Or do the things. Or do all of the things. Because absolutely, Tim could have had a business partner, but he absolutely could have lost the life partner side of it if we didn't work because we were on the same level. If you say, I want a partner who is A, B, C, and D, well, you better be a partner back to them that's A, B, C, and D. Because yeah. you can't say, I have, I need a partner who is affectionate and caring. But then if that's what they need, you as a partner are not that. And it's this very one-sided thing of, this is what I want, so this is what I deserve. Okay, well, in order for you to deserve it, what are you actually doing? What are you actually giving? And that is in personal and in business. You want a lot of money? Grow your freaking business. And the answer of I don't know how to do it, well, seek it out, find it. Coming back to perseverance, coming back to it being hard, coming back to not knowing what's next. That's being an adult. That's being in business and in personal. This idea of if you want something, you have to be willing to work hard for it, but you also can't be naive and silly about it. You have to be smart about it. And if you're sitting there saying, I want this, my question back to you is, what are you doing to make sure you get that? Yeah, I had this discussion with a lot of friends who were looking for life partners or looking and were struggling in the whole, what are you doing? They said, well, what, you know, you and Alana got together. Alana was quite young. You were also quite young, but how have you made this work? And the idea was there was clarity around what I was looking for in a partner, but it was flexible in the, I wouldn't be silly enough to not have flexibility. And also the big question comes where I, I think a lot of people fall down is what would attract that type of person? So you don't get to be someone who wants something and not reflect the type of person that would go for. You learn that in fishing. you got to put the right bait for the right fish. <laughs> you have to be the person or the business that attracts that. There's a lot of businesses that want more sales and you look at them and go, why would people want you? We're by far the best. Okay, you're not. In your mind you are and that's why you don't have enough people because the only people who believe it are in your mind. Actually, in the open market, that's not what you're projecting. And you don't have to be the perfect brand, but you have to do things better. 
you don't know the standard of what people are being attracted to. So if you want a partner and you go, well, I want someone who's in their own business again, which Lana wasn't at the time, not that I convinced her, she was always entrepreneurial, it was obvious, but it's what you wanted in life. Because imagine going through all of this and then having a partner that couldn't share that life with you because Lana wants to work. For you, that was horrific. Horrific. Yep. What was the point? And, and the equivalent is if you want someone who's really fun, but then you sit there. You're not fun. You actually can't have everything if you're not willing to be what you want. Simple as that. I guess this is the whole point. When you're going through hard times, you have to have to look at what you're doing to contribute to that. So if it's money, what am I not doing to attract or create more economic impact? If it's going through tough situations, how did I create this situation? How do I take complete and full responsibility for every situation in my business? And if you don't believe that's still your responsibility, well, there's your problem. So identify that because it is your problem, your business, your problem. That doesn't mean you have to deal with every problem. As you grow, you start having people that deal with problems. But that problem wouldn't occur if the person you've put in charge has done their job, right? So then you know, great, that person's now my problem because they're not capable or that system, whatever it is. I think the difficulty in going through tough times is when you're still calibrating that everything is external to you. So the pandemic has been a tough time for a lot of businesses, but it's still your problem. And as soon as you take back that power and you go, what can I do here? Then you have to. And a lot of people I know would be screaming at the radio right now or wherever they're listening, screaming at their phone going, you don't understand. I was literally shut down. Yeah, I also understand that in World War II, Enzo Ferrari lost his factory when it was bombed after borrowing his life savings from his mum and making her sell her house. Every single person has these situations. It's how you deal with it now. Where am I looking? What questions am I asking myself? It's not easy, by the way, but it's the situation. You have to accept the situation and then leave the situation there and start working on the solution. You don't have enough money? Great. Get more money. I mean, how obnoxious is that? I don't know how to deal with this situation. I don't know how to fix this problem. Great. Seek out the solution to this problem. First, identify the problem. It's probably not what you're thinking the problem is. Sometimes the problem is I'm not the one who should be running the business. That's a different podcast because at some stage, you may outgrow your role in the business as in you need someone who's better than you in a role. So this is this whole idea, Lana, that we're talking about, which is you have to push yourself through these tough times and situations, but you really need to create a framework of how you are as a business owner, that every problem has a similar way of approaching it. But what we're really talking about is how you approach your life. And once you understand it at the depth you need to, you don't really have problems anymore. You've just got situations that you can apply your superpower. And that's pretty cool. Lana, Nigel, let's do it all again next week. See ya. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. And of course, if you head on over to backable.ai, you can access all the downloadables we've put together. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, then make sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. As always, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. That's all from us for now. Have a great week, and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye.